Hi, everyone. You are listening to Radio Cherry Bomb, and I'm your host, Carrie Diamond, coming to you from Rockefeller Center in the heart of New York City. I'm the founder and editor of Cherry Bomb Magazine, and each week I talk to the most interesting culinary folks around. Joining me in the studio today are Ashley and Gautier Coiffa, the duo behind the Brooklyn baked goods sensation, L'Appartement 4F. Gautier is an engineer and self-taught baker from France, and Ashley, a school nurse from Southampton. They never expected their lives would revolve around croissants, pan au chocolat, and chocolate chip cookies. They started L'Appartement 4F in the summer of 2020 as a micro-bakery on Instagram and quickly gained a devoted following. Last year, they opened a bakery in Brooklyn Heights with lines down the block. Ashley and Gautier join me in just a minute to talk about their business, their relationship, and those fantastic croissants. Stay tuned. The Cherry Bomb Jubilee Conference is taking place Saturday, April 15th at Center 415 in Manhattan. Jubilee is the largest gathering of women in and around the world of food and drink. Jubilee Day is filled with great talks, networking, beautiful things to eat and drink, and lots of opportunities for connection, conversation, and community. So many of your favorite chefs, bakers, and authors will be there, including lots of folks you've heard from here on Radio Cherry Bomb. Jubilee tickets are on sale now, so visit cherrybomb.com for more, or click on the link in our show notes. We'd love to see you there. Also, thank you to everyone who joined us for our graduate hotels events in Chapel Hill, Tucson, and Palo Alto. They were so much fun. We met so many awesome people, and we ate a lot of great food in each of those cities. Thank you to the Graduate Hotels team for their hospitality, and we hope to be back very soon. We'll be back in California this week because Cherry Bomb has a special event taking place in Sacramento this Wednesday, March 8th, on International Women's Day with our friends at California Grown. I'll be moderating a panel of local farmers and makers, and we'll also hear from California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Karen Ross. The event will take place 10 to 11.30 a.m. at the California Department of Food and Agriculture Auditorium at 1220 North Street. Tickets are $25 and include the latest copy of Cherry Bomb magazine. Come meet other members of the Bomb Squad, learn about California agriculture, and celebrate the state's foodways. Check the show notes or visit cherrybomb.com to snag your ticket. Now, let's check in with today's guests. Ashley and Gautier, welcome to Radio Cherry Bomb. Hi, thank Hello. you for having us. Is this really your first podcast? Very first. I'm super excited to talk to you too. <laughs> us too. You two are the toast of the town. It seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tell everyone the whole story because it's such a wonderful story. And you back it up with incredible baked goods. I've been fortunate to try them. I feel very blessed because I know how long the lines are at your shop. So we're going to jump right in. I would love to know how you two met. So we met in the Upper East Side at a bar. I like to say it's the old-fashioned way. I was with my friend and he was with his friend and Gautier and I just started talking and it's we've been together ever since. Gautier, why did you start talking to Ashley? I think we were trying to make fun of someone else in the bar. Gautier. Right? I mean, yeah. Well, like that. to be fair, he wasn't tipping the bartender and the bartender was yelling at him for being cheap. So there's a little bit of a commotion and that was me and Gautier's in to start looking at each other. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So it all started there mm -hmm. on the Upper East Side. Ashley, where did you grow up? I grew up in Southampton on Long Island. And Gautier, how about you? I grew up in Grenoble in the Alps in France. Ashley, did you bake at all when you were younger? No, never. 
Never. Not no. even Toll House chocolate chip cookies. No, not really. I mean, if an easy bake oven counts, then yes. But no, not real baking. Did anyone bake or cook in your family? Not big bakers. No. My mom came from Iran, so she would cook for us. And when my grandparents came to visit, they would cook for us as well, but not a lot of baking. Were they good cooks? Yeah. My yeah. grandmother is the best. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Is she still in Iran? She's in Iran, but she comes back, back and forth. Okay. How is yeah. she doing with everything going on she, over there? She's okay. She's a trooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's always looks at everything very positively. And how about your dad's side of the family? No, not cooking or baking. Neither. Nothing okay. like that. Okay. Yeah. Gautier, how about you? Oh, what? I, I love baking when I was a kid. You did? Yeah, yeah. With my mom and my grandmother. What uh, did you bake? I think the one I really remember was a clafouti. We had a cherry tree in the backyard, so we'd pick up cherries, and it's like a kind of a flan with cherries in it. I don't know how to describe it. I love that dessert yeah. so much. You yeah. don't see it a lot in no, America. No, no. It, it might come back in a, a menu maybe someday. Ooh, ooh. What else were you baking? I remember liking to do some challenges, like a Saint-Honoré. And I tried croissant when I was very young. Didn't do much with it. Didn't really work. But my first attempt was, I was 10, I think. A croissant is challenging for yes, the home baker, yes. definitely. Tell us what a Saint-Honoré is. I should know that. Saint-Honoré. So it's with patachou. I don't know. Patachou in English. Choux pastry. Mm-hmm. Choux pastry, yeah. And then there is a lot of pastry cream in it. It was my dad's favorite, so I wanted to try to impress him. Oh. Yeah. This is a good opportunity to plug our other podcast, She's My Cherry Pie, because we did a whole episode on shoe pastry with Jory Greenspan. Have you two met her yet? No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh, she would love you too. And she speaks French and she lives in Paris half the time. Oh, so cool. Goatee, you're baking when you're young, but you have a very sort of analytical mind. You gravitate toward engineering. Yes. I was good in math. In France, really, if you're good in math, the path is to do an engineering school. So this is what I did. It took me five years of math and very boring classes, and I became an engineer. I got a job here in New York. So my first job was here as an engineer in 2012. Did you want to come to the United States, or was your company like, we're just sending you there? No, no, I wanted, I wanted to come to New York, uh, so I found a job here. Okay. Yeah. Why did you want to come to the U.S.? I always liked the U.S., and I came here to visit New York City, and I really liked it, so I said, I'm going to try to come back. At any point on this journey, were you thinking to yourself, I would love to be a baker in New York City one day. No, no, never. (laughs) Never? No. No. (laughs) So, Ashley, what were your career aspirations when you were growing up? I've been all over the place. I loved fashion. I loved medicine. So originally, I wanted to be a psychologist. I went to school, and then I accidentally stumbled upon a finance job. So then I worked in finance, but I really did not like that atmosphere. So I said, what's the opposite? Of finance. And I thought, oh, well, nursing, you can help people. So I went back to school for nursing and eventually became a, a nurse at a children's school. Gautier, did you continue to bake this whole time? Or was that just something you did when you were little? When I was little and then as I became an adult, I liked cooking and baking for myself, but very little, like once every two weeks. What did you think of New York baked goods? I really liked it, actually. I really liked the scene in here. I think the, the first big place I went to was Levin Bakery because it was, at that time, it was really popular. I mean, it still is. So yeah, that, that's my first impression of the food scene in New York. And Ashley, you are not baking. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> so you two are dating. You eventually move in together. You move into the famous apartment 4F. Yes. Mm-hmm. When did you start baking pre-pandemic? I'm just trying to get all the timing 
in my head? So I started doing my starter in November 2019. So you started the starter yes. way before everyone else. Yeah, before it was cool. Got it. <laughs> and Ashley, did you understand what he was doing? No, not at all. I actually, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I learned that he had a starter when we were visiting my family on Long Island. And I guess you have to bring the starter everywhere with you to feed it and well, keep it alive. the early stage? The early stage, it's, you have to, it's the baby. So we're in the car and I see this mason jar full of goo coming out all over the car. Goatee is not the cleanest. So I was like, what What on earth is that? And he's like, it's my starter. And I'm like, okay. I think you said you were weird. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so this is very strange. Goatee, did you name your starter? No, I'm I'm against that. You are against that. Okay. So even when the pandemic started and people were naming their starter after Beyonce and things like that, you did not partake. I was just silently judging. (laughs) You've got your starter. The pandemic, March 2020, happens. Did you keep your jobs? Were you laid off? What happened? No, we both were able and very lucky to keep working full time. I actually think both of our jobs picked up during the pandemic. Because I was in finance, a lot of people were refinancing their homes. So I was really busy working from home and his job, he was also, I think he worked even more during the pandemic. So Koti, you were in engineering. What does that mean exactly? I was working for a French company. It's called a MAM software. So it's similar to the software over there. It's being used in TV station. So before the pandemic, I would be traveling all the time, which was the fun part of the job. I was going all over the States. But then I became remote, and then it was just being in front of a computer and coding, so it was not as fun as before. So you two are stuck in apartment, I was going to say apartment, you're stuck <laughs> yeah. in apartment 4F. Yeah. You start baking more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Much more time on my hands, and I wanted to practice the croissant, because I really wanted to get there, finally. Was it the engineer in you that was like, I'm going to figure out how to do a croissant? Yes, I, I did several Excel sheets and... Try to, yeah, to use some math to get to the perfect recipe. You did Excel sheets to yes. master the croissant? Wow, yeah. that's very impressive. When did the Instagram account happen? So basically that January, I had seen the fruits of his labor and saw that people actually liked his bread and his croissants. Me too. So we were in France looking at wedding venues and we were listening to a podcast, How I Built This, and we listened to Tate's. And Kathleen Tate is a living legend, especially in Southampton, it's where the bakery is. And if you grew up in Southampton, you, everyone has a story about her. And I was like, Gautier, your baked goods are really good. I think it would be fun to start selling them to friends and family. And he was like, I don't know about that. When we got back, I made an Instagram. And I think we had our first post in February. And then March, the pandemic happened. So really, for those first few months, it was just me documenting not really selling. It wasn't until June where we put up a menu and decided that this is going to be real business. How did the name L'Apartement 4F come about? Gautier just decided. I said it should just be Apartment 4F. And Ashley said we should make it French. So we're going to add the L apostrophe. <laughs> cute, cute. What's going on in your lives when you decide to really take this to the next level? So every day during the pandemic, Gautier was baking. We would eat a lot of bread and then we would go on a walk. Our apartment was a few miles from Prospect Park. So we were walking to Prospect Park every single day. And there's a chef that we passed by his apartment and he was selling meals. His name is Scott Cava. And we talked to him and we're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I, you know, I'm an out of work caterer. 
So now this is how I'm supporting my family. And Goatee and I were like, oh, that's so cool. We wanted to start something out of our apartment. Maybe we should just do it. So on our walk home, we said, you know what? We're going to put up a menu tonight and we're just going to do it. And after a glass of wine, we hit publish. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Gautier, what did you think at the time? I was excited. It was uh, At that time, we were starting to reopen, like going outside and meeting people. So it was exciting to do something new. And yeah, I was excited. I, didn't, I thought I was going to do a few croissants here and there. So it's fun. And Ashley, what was on that first menu? Very minimal. It was croissant, a pain au chocolat. I think we did an almond croissant, an almond chocolate, the tahini chocolate chip cookie. And Gautier was really into pies at that time. So we had an apple and a blueberry pie. That's a nice lineup. Yeah. And what happened? As soon as we put up a menu, I put it up on a Facebook group and we started getting orders. And people would order, they would DM us, and then they would post and tag us. Honestly, ever since the first day, we've had business. What did your neighbors think of the fact that you were now operating a micro bakery in the apartment? Our neighbors never complained. They were very happy. Okay. And they started ordering from us, especially when they saw people picking up. And at the time, I would just put on a trench coat and I'd walk out with a box of pies. And people were like, what are you doing? I told them we started this bakery in our apartment. A lot of our neighbors supported us. And it wasn't until the day we signed our lease did we get an email from the HOA saying, I've heard a rumor of a bakery in your apartment. Is this true? Ashley, at some point you become a school nurse. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. So when we put up a menu in June, we had luckily so much business that I actually quit my finance job a month later. So I was like a processor at a mortgage company. Okay. Which was not very fulfilling. You weren't a high flying hedge fund. (laughs) I was really bottom, small potatoes, bottom of the barrel. I knew it was just a job to get me through nursing school. So I graduated nursing school. Me and Goatee were having so much fun baking that I said, hey, is it okay if I just bake with you and I'll figure out how to get a nursing job in a little bit? And he was like, yeah, it's totally fine. We just spent like six months. He was still working. I was taking pictures. I was helping him bake. I was marketing. I was delivering. I was doing everything. I want to talk about the nursing a little bit more, though, because that was a scary time to consider that as a profession. Definitely, especially as a new nurse. Yeah, I was terrified because I graduated in May during the pandemic. Like my classes had to go to remote and we couldn't go and do clinicals anymore. We were just a big liability. I passed my boards in July, but I was baking in the apartment. And then in December, somebody from my program heard about this opportunity to be a school nurse in the Upper East Side. And I took it because at this point, I didn't think that the bakery was going to be a business. It was just for fun. What is it about that side of you that nursing appealed to? Oh, I just I love helping people. I love connecting. I felt like that was the best way to go about it. T.A., did you know about the side of Ashley? Yeah, yeah, it's something she always talked about going back to school for when we first met for nursing. And I was very proud when she actually did. I mean, she she did all in two years. So it was pretty fast. It takes a special kind of person to want to be a nurse. Thank you. Well, my mom is also a nurse and my sister is a physician's assistant and I'm Persian. So the medical field is almost a must. All those plans were put to the side because Le Part de Montfort continued to take off. Social media was a big part of the success of your business. Tell us a little bit about the role that social media played. I feel like it was 
the main reason that we were on the map. We didn't pay for any advertising. It was just our customers tagging us and people finding out about us online. And we were getting orders all the way from Germany. It was during the pandemic when people were stuck in New York and nobody could visit each other and weddings were getting canceled. And so people were using us as a way to give gifts because it's hard to DM a bakery, but people knew about us. So they would DM us and say, hey, my best friend's wedding is canceled. Can you bring them some fresh bread? Or, hey, my daughter is stuck. I'd love to give her some croissants. Just through word of mouth, it just really grew and built something. And what platforms were you on? Only Instagram. I would share to Facebook automatically, but... No um, TikTok at the time? No TikTok at the time. You're on TikTok now, Now we are, yeah. Okay. And were either of you particularly good at social media at the time? Well, not me, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not like personally. Like my personal Instagram is just pictures of me and Gautier. It's not very exciting or interesting. You weren't the social media savant. No, no, no. Okay. But you did come up with a very lovely aesthetic to go along with La Part de Montfort F. Can you tell us a little bit about how that aesthetic evolved? I mean, I'll describe it for the listeners who haven't looked at your Instagram or your website, but I feel like it's very romantic, very minimalist and French all at once. I honestly was inspired by whenever we went to visit Gautier's family in France and they would have a spread and there would be no logos. His uncle makes jams, so all the jams would just be in clear jars. Their jams, their breads, their butters, everything was just very minimal. It almost looked like they made it themselves. And so I always loved that look. So I knew that when we opened our bakery, we wouldn't really go heavy on the branding or the logo. I just wanted to keep it simple. I mean, it happened very organically, not really thought out. Worked. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Were you involved at all in figuring out the aesthetic of the brand? Not really. I mean, I was just baking and she would use it. She asked me to take a few pictures, but they never made the cut. I, I can't do it. Yeah. And you two are not shy about putting yourself out there. I mean, sometimes you'll go on a baker or a restaurant's website and you cannot, for the life of you, find out who's behind it, who are these people. But you two are very cheerfully front and center. Yeah, I think it also happens a little organically because when people were DMing us, they would say, hey, Ashley, can I order? Or, hey, Gautier, do you have a recommendation for this? So I think because of how we started and we were direct messaging with our consumers, we really got to know them. I think it just happened very naturally where sometimes we would share. I think the first picture we posted of us was when we got married in Southampton at our civil ceremony. And it was like our most liked picture at the time. And people were DMing me saying they saw me in Southampton. They got to know us. So we just went with it. Do you think that's a big part of the success of L'Apartement? I mean, obviously you have to have the good baked goods to back it up. But just the fact that folks really got to know you at a vulnerable time. Yes. Yeah. I think the baked goods have maybe 40%, but really the story is what makes it interesting and people want to be part of it and come. And It's funny because our employees will say they hear people bringing their friends to the bakery upstairs and they'll give a version of the story that they heard. They talk about the actual bakery. They're like, this was the apartment. They turned this place into an apartment and it's a French woman. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you hear all these like different versions of the story, but it's really sweet that people are just so excited and they want to share it. That's very funny. You two are not afraid of a public display of affection Never. either. That's that's a very charming <laughs> part about the two of you. Yeah. Go, actually, it's more Gautier. 
just a hug here and there. Yeah. <laughs> That's very sweet. And then you have your dog. You also clearly love the dog from all the pictures. The yeah. dog's name is Chip, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us, Gautier, tell us about Chip. Ashley has been wanting a dog for a while. We got it just before, at the same time we opened a bakery, I think. At first I was a bit against it, but it's fine. We, we are buddies. <laughs> Chip definitely prefers his mom, so Gautier gets a little jealous, I think. Yeah. Is Chip a doodle? Yeah, he's a mini golden doodle. Chip's a doodle. There's so many doodles There's so in many Brooklyn. doodles, he, I know. He's in good company. <laughs> All this is happening. You've got this thing happening on social media. You're baking so much that your apartment can't even handle everything that you are baking. When do you decide you're going to open a physical space? Things in our apartment were actually breaking from overuse. Like our oven exploded. We had a freezer in our bedroom. We took a look around and we said, okay, either we make this a full-time out of our apartment job or we have to stop. And both of us, it was a no-brainer. We wanted to move forward. It was a no-brainer. Even yeah. though Gautier, this meant you leaving behind your engineering career. Yeah, which I was really fine with. I mean, I kept my job for a very long time just to pay the bills, but I was very happy when I finally quit. And Ashley, for you, you had wanted to be a nurse for so long. I know. For me, quitting was much harder than Gautier. So I started in December of 2020. Yeah. And then I didn't quit until November of this past year. And it was really hard for me. Like I should have maybe quit a little bit sooner to focus on the bakery, but especially working with young kids, I, it was very emotional. I gave eight weeks notice and I still didn't want to leave. It's so hard when you have more than one passion. Yeah, it definitely is. Why did you two choose Brooklyn Heights for your space? So Brooklyn Heights chose us. Yeah. When we decided we were going to move to a brick and mortar, we received a call from Cindy from the BHA, the Brooklyn Heights Association. And they said, Agu Street really needs a bakery. We heard about you guys. Are you interested in coming check it out? That's how we... Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And okay. it almost felt like kismet because a week before we looked at our finances and we said, okay, maybe we should start looking at retail spaces. And then a week later, the BHA calls us. Are you guys looking into retail spaces? We would love to show you around. Because Brooklyn Heights is not known as a food destination. I mean, you two have single-handedly changed that. And it's so exciting to see Montague perking up a little bit. Yeah. You've now got Books or Magic over there. Have you met Emma Straub yet, who owns Books or Magic? I, we definitely have talked through social media. I haven't met her face-to-face. -face. She's fantastic. Yeah, you two would love she's her. incredible. And her husband, Michael. I'm big fans of them both. Okay, so Brooklyn Heights chooses you. You go to Montague and do you start looking at different spaces? Yeah, we went through the whole street and they showed, uh, there were so many vacant spaces, especially after COVID. And... Really just one, we really like one of them. It used to be a Imac and Bolio, an ice cream shop. But they told us, oh, I think someone's trying to get it in. So after that, I think a realtor that we were talking before said, oh, I heard about a space on Montague that's vacant now. That would be a perfect fit for you. And it happened to be this exact same place we liked. It's such a pretty storefront. It's beautiful. Want to describe it, Ashley? Yeah, it's just full of windows. There's nine nine windows and then on the side there's like a small arch window and it has beautiful natural light it's just really special inside now you two had to squeeze a bakery into it though it's a learning learning yeah, yeah, lesson yeah. for sure it was about 11 months of construction and go to just googling everything i guess it's a good thing you're an engineer yeah go yeah it definitely helped me <laughs> in some aspects 11 months is a long time yeah. was that a frustrating 11 months yeah Very. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. What would you differently next time, Gautier? I don't know if I would do differently, but I learned a lot. So I would, yeah, a few things I know not to do and also not always take the first opinion because people tell you one thing, but then another expert tell you another thing. So it's been learning not to trust everybody, just take it in and then take your decision. How did you two get money together to open your bakery? We did things a little interesting. So we looked at the space. We really loved it. And the BHA said, sign the lease. We'll figure it out together. <laughs> we had that sounds like a New York City yeah. scam to me. I would run <laughs> yeah. in the other direction. We were scared. We had a little bit of money saved up for our wedding, but that was it. We said, okay. So we basically used all of that money for the down payment. And Wait, did you believe the people when they said, sign the lease and we'll figure it out? We were so excited. It didn't even matter. <laughs> We signed the lease. We gave basically all of our wedding funds over and we're like, okay, now what? We decided to do a Kickstarter. We set a goal of 50000 because Kickstarter is all or nothing. So we were a little nervous about that. Then the BHA came to us and said, we have a few community members who would like to hear your story and possibly loan you some money. So create a pitch deck. And we're like, okay, sounds good. And then when they left, Gautier was Googling, like, what is a pitch deck? So we just made like a short little presentation and we had a couple of meetings and the community members, some were very generous and loaned us money. And then we used a lot of credit cards. And 11 months, that's a long time. It is. To be putting everything on your credit cards. Yeah. You ultimately raised $62,000 for your Kickstarter. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Who were the people who donated to the Kickstarter? Everybody. Yeah, a lot of people that we haven't heard from in a long time. It was nice to see some of the people that I worked at that mortgage company with that I worked really hard under them. So they generously donated. And a lot of our customers and the BHA community, Brooklyn Heights. It's really remarkable about the Brooklyn Heights community aspect. That brings a whole new level to what you did because you're not just a business opening on a street. You're now part of a community. Oh, definitely. It's like a family. They came to us. They asked if we could be open on Mondays and Tuesdays because a lot of places close. We changed our whole business model just to make sure that we were doing right by the community. For folks who want to visit, what days are you open? Monday through Sunday. Oh, you're open seven days a week. Seven, seven days, days a week. You two must be exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you have to hire a consultant? Or did you two figure out a lot on your own? We tried to, but it was too expensive. So we became consultants and <laughs> figured it out. I am amazed. Yeah. I mean, there. luckily, there's a lot of resources if you look for them. And Gautier is a sleuth online. He reached out to the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce and asked about resources. And he really did his homework. And he took advantage of everything yeah, there's that was a lot offered. of resources available. That's good to know for yeah. folks out there listening who want to open their own place one day. Gautier, what other advice could you give folks who just have no choice but to go it on their own? Know your limit, because I tried to do some drywalling. I almost lost a finger. Yeah. <laughs> Still have the scar. <laughs> some things you can do, but something you just need to hire someone. Just, yeah, I had yeah. to remind him that he is a baker. He's not a general contractor. He's not a lawyer. He's not HR. It's okay to hire people who are smarter than you in their field. True, but sometimes you can't afford those people. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So many of us have been in that boat. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to know what baked goods are in the daily lineup at La Parte Mall. So really, the menu is very similar to when we first opened. So there is still a croissant. 
cola, croissants amandes, amandes chocolate. One of my favorites is, we call it le framboise, which means raspberry. And it's amandes croissant with raspberry chocolate in it. Then we have the baguette, the boule, and cookie. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds so good. We're just going to make Gautier read the menu yeah. a few more times. <laughs> listen to that for all, all the listeners out there so we know how to pronounce all those beautiful French words. The raspberry is probably my favorite. Yeah, That is too. so good. Yours Thank too? You. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. You still love it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a chocolate. So it's Valrona, the chocolate. They came to us. Oh, you should try this chocolate. There was like a pink raspberry. I didn't really know what to do with it. But I wanted to try in an amand and I really liked it. So good. I know you're very picky about your ingredients, Gautier. Yeah, I try. I mean, it really makes a difference when the butter is... Is good. We try to use French butter when it's not like sometimes they get delayed in the boat, so we have to look for other solutions. Yeah, I think it's really important to get the right ingredients, especially for croissant. I saw the big sheets of butter. I didn't even know butter could come like that. Yeah, it's one kilo, two pounds of butter, and we get through 20 sheets every day. I'm so happy they come like that because when we were in the apartment, he was taking just cubes of butter and banging it into a square. So all day you just hear whack, 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 whack. So <laughs> That's so funny. I know you also do seasonal things, though, because I do remember I stopped by one day, neither of you were there, and I think there was a pumpkin yeah. baked good on the menu. We were bullied by our staff. <laughs> one of our pastry chefs, it was Jessica's creation, and she's really big into pumpkin. And so I said, okay, but we're, it's not being called pumpkin spice. We're naming it something else, and we're having some integrity. <laughs> it's hard to avoid that PSL yep, activity exactly. that time of year. So it was an almond croissant with a pumpkin paste in it. Yeah. And we called it le citrouille, which means pumpkin friend. Any other seasonal things that you add to the menu? So right now we're doing Queen Almond, which is a, a pastry from Brittany with the croissant dough. In January, we did a king's cake because this is the king's cake season. And yeah, I don't know. We don't have anything planned for now, but... You two do a lot of collabs. Yes. I have noticed. I don't know how you do as many as you do. Every weekend, I feel like there's another collab, Ashley. Tell us about a few of them. We've done different collaborations with big brands and small brands. And I just want to make sure that every brand kind of aligns with our ethos. It kind of stems back to when we were trading so often with these small micro businesses back in the day when we first started. We would barter and give bread for flowers and veal meatballs, just random things. Through that, I loved working with all these small businesses. So I said, if we open a spot, I want to make sure that we uplift and put a spotlight on some businesses. A lot of small tastemakers have reached out about doing collaborations. And I hired someone specifically for that. Her name is Noah. She's incredible. She kind of takes the lead. And this way we have... A vintage shop one weekend, and then we have Transcendence Syrups another weekend. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun to follow them, absolutely. And you did a nice one for us a whole year ago. Yeah. For Jubilee, you had a special cherry croissant, which we really appreciated. Why are collabs key to a brand like La Parte Montfort F? I think just basically being built around a community, it's important for us. So we've just been having fun. The community loves them. It gives them something fun to do while they're waiting online and also just making sure that we highlight these small businesses. Sometimes they are bigger than us. We did a collaboration with Mate, which is an Australian sustainable clothing company, but I really like focusing on the smaller brands and giving them an opportunity to see the community because a lot of these brands are just online. So it's fun to give them an outlet. 
I heard some exciting news that upstairs at L'Apartement 4F will very soon be a French bistro at nighttime. This is true? Yes. So we finally got the liquor license. It took us a while. Again, the community said, please get liquor license (laughs) from the get-go. So we got a license and now we figure it out. So that person that we met, the chef that was selling his food on the stoop, so he's going to help us for the menu. Oh, that's such a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah. Chef Cava. And we hired a sommelier. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be I fun. am so excited for you, too. Yeah, we're very excited. What's the capacity of the space upstairs? I would say 25 seats, but we'll probably keep it to 20. When do you expect to be open? We said mid-March, but that feels like it's coming up really quickly. <laughs> so maybe the end of March. Yeah, we can do it. Can people make reservations? Will this be just show up and you'll save some seats for folks who are walk-ins? Yeah, we've been talking to a few reservation apps. I think it'll probably be half reservation and then leave a few for the walk-ins. It's funny, I've had a lot of people from Brooklyn Heights DM me and say, hey, can you make sure that like the Brooklyn Heights community has first dibs? So I definitely want to do something where if you're in Brooklyn Heights that you get first priority. Gautier, what will be on the menu? So there will be cheese, there will be a meat to go with the bread. We're still looking at the different options, but I think I want a croque monsieur. And yeah, it's still, a, we haven't decided yet. French. Okay. I love a croque madame. Yes. Yeah. Will you do brunch eventually? I didn't realize how busy it would be. We actually thought that it would be more sit down upstairs and our customers kind of showed us what the business was going to be. So I don't know. We did a little pop up with ourselves of just like croissant cereal and it was mayhem. So I don't know if the space allows for that kind of We didn't even talk about the cereal. You're probably tired of talking about the cereal. Actual tiny croissant is grimacing (laughs) back there. You okay, Gautier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little cereal PTSD? (laughs) Yes. The cereal is very expensive. Hopefully you're all sitting down. It's like $50 a box. Yeah. But the amount of work that goes into the cereal, and you will not go through the cereal in one sitting. Like you will have the cereal around for a little while. I am not a cereal person. I did buy a box because I love you too and wanted to support you too. Oh, and also just see what the hype was all about. Yeah. And it was so good. I could not believe it. Yeah. Thank you. Luckily, people, it, they're not disappointed when they buy the cereal because when you price something so high, I feel like there's a lot of expectations to be met. But I think people have realized that it's a lot of work and it's just a fun idea. And it's not to replace Cheerios. It's a special treat. Yes. And divide it into serving sizes and then do the math in your head and it'll work out a little bit better. I'm guessing there are more locations in the works? Yeah. We're building out a ghost kitchen right now to help because we have been selling out every single day. Mm -hmm. And also we've been talking about what other neighborhoods we might fit in. We're thinking West Village to be determined. You two have no poker face. As soon as I asked you the question, Gautier was grinning from ear to ear back there. We're so bad with any kind of secrets. (laughs) How would you do things differently? Would you go to investors? What do you think? Because I know you still own 100% of the company. Yeah. I mean, we'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, we're trying to reinvest profit from the current location to building that ghost kitchen right now and then other locations. We don't know. We're still trying to figure out how to do it. And how are you two taking care of yourselves and each other? I mean, you are in the middle of a real whirlwind. I'm very lucky. We're opposites. I am a workaholic. I could 
wake up, work all day, and then go to sleep. And Gautier is quite the opposite. He really reminds me to take it slow, to enjoy every single step, to put my phone down, to not look at my emails at a certain point. He loves to celebrate and party. It's been really fun, honestly. It is important to celebrate and party. I think we have a good balance. Now that we have enough help in the store, we don't have to be there 24-7. So it's been, it's been good. The first few months were... Very hard. Yeah. You had to hire, you had to learn yeah. how to be managers. Yeah, and... teach the recipes and yeah. Sounds like you have some good people. Yeah, we do. So when we first started, we were like, oh, we started this as home bakers. So let's hire a lot of home bakers. That was both good and bad. So now we have a really healthy mix of really professional, classically trained bakers, and then a lot of home bakers that were just excited to learn. It's interesting because the home bakers bring this like new and exciting take onto things. And then the professional bakers really keep us in check and say, no, this is actually how you scale and that won't work. And oh, that's a good way to do things. It's a great team. Do you two ever stop and pinch yourselves and just think how improbable the story is? Every minute, yes. Yeah, every, day. every time a customer comes in, I'm like, Gautier, can you believe it? And he's like, yeah, actually, I can. <laughs> it's incredible. So many things had to happen, good and bad, Yeah. for this, this to have become what it is today. Definitely. Yeah. I would love to know some of your favorite places to eat and drink in New York City, even though you probably don't have that much time to do that these days. What's on your radar right now? I actually really like Barbette, where we found the sommelier. There is this place, Persian place, we went with Ashley and my, my mom and her mom recently, which is called Sofre in um, Prospect Heights, I think. Yeah, I love that place. It's really good. Sofre is fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. gourmet sapsi is incredible there. Gautier, you brought up your mom. How's your mom doing? She's doing better. She was very scared at first when I told her I was going to not be an engineer anymore and be a baker. Yeah, it took a while for her to come around, but I think now she's in a better place. She came to the bakery because she's a watercolor teacher in France, so she came to do some classes here, and she actually saw what was going on, so I think it's good now. How about your family, Ashley? They were very excited from the beginning, yeah. They were some of our biggest supporters. Good, yeah. good. So we usually do a speed round. I'm going to cut the speed round because it's tough when there are two people. But the final question we always ask for the speed round, I'm going to have you two answer for each other and see if you get it right. Ashley, we'll start with you. If you were to be trapped on a desert island with one food celebrity, who would it be and why? Who do you think Gautier would pick? Who do I think Gautier would pick? A food celebrity? I would pick Cedric Grolet. Why Cedric? Because he's always looking at his work and we passed by one of his bakeries in Paris and Gautier was interested in peeking through the glass. I follow him on TikTok as well and I'm always showing Gautier and he's like, I know, he's really cool. So many of us are mesmerized yeah. by Cedric. Gautier, for folks who don't know who he is, tell us. He's a croissant expert and a pastry chef in Paris. He has a shop near Opera and each time you go there, there is hundreds of people with their smartphone trying to, because you can see him baking from the outside so it's it's already aesthetic and cool shop and he always comes up with new recipes so yeah he's really fun the first time i learned about him i think it was 2018 or 2019 and i was in paris and there was this long line and the french don't really like to line up for things no. <laughs> so i was like what is going on and i saw that it was cedric and i wanted to learn more about him and he's now really famous for these fruits that he does i don't even know if there's a name 
for what he does in, in French. But he turns these gorgeous fruits into desserts that look yeah. exactly like the right. fruit. Yeah. And you slice into it, and it's a, a really complicated dessert. Yeah, I'd like to try one, but yeah. I don't know if there is a name for it. You'd like to try to make one, or you'd like to try to eat one? Oh, no, I don't think I could make one. I'd like to try one. And we never tried, because when we came a couple of months ago, it was a line, and we don't do lines. And you're French. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, the folks who love Le Part de Montfort yes, don't mind standing yes. online as they do most days. Okay, Gautier, who do you think Ashley would want on the island with her? So actually, we were listening to one of your podcasts, and we thought about the question. I think we said... It would be my answer, Athena Calderon. Yeah. Why Athena? First of all, we love her cookbook. Gautier makes a lot yeah. of recipes. And then I also really admire her as a tastemaker and her eye for aesthetics. So I feel like if I was on an, a deserted island with her, she would make a beautiful meal. She would set the table. <laughs> You'd have a nice little house made of palm Ex fronds exactly, or something. Exactly, exactly. And she's the nicest person. She's like you. Yeah, I actually met her at one of your events. Oh, you she did? She was so sweet. Oh, yeah. good, yeah. good. You two are so sweet, and I'm so happy for all your success. And thank you so much for coming on Radio Cherry Bomb. Thank I hope you. your first podcast experience wasn't too tough. Yes, it was gentle. No. Thank you so much. Oh, good. <laughs> all right, you two. You're the bomb. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's show. Be sure to sign up for the Cherry Bomb newsletter over at cherrybomb.com so you can stay on top of all Cherry Bomb happenings and podcast episodes. Radio Cherry Bomb is a production of the Cherry Bomb Podcast Network. Our theme song is by the band Cha La La. Thank you to Joseph Hazen, studio engineer for Newsstand Studios. Our producer is Catherine Baker, and our associate producer is Jenna Sadu. And thanks to you for listening. You're the bomb.